This week's episode is sponsored by the Doors Open Connect app platform, designed by real estate agents for real estate agents. Are you a licensed real estate agent or broker? Download the Doors Open Connect on the Apple App Store today for free to join our growing network and community of licensed professionals and also to stand out at your next listing appointment by offering to maximize exposure to your seller's listing and even get reliable coverage on demand when you can't be there and or recruit agents under your brokerage by the new wave of lead generation software and even offer them instant paid opportunities that they could take advantage of. That's Doors Open Connect. Also, be sure to follow us at Doors Open Connect on IG and at Doors Open Connect LLC on Facebook. Also sponsored by Chris and Missy of Ride or Die Racing, living life one adventure at a time. Hello, I'm Deshaun Robinson with the Doors Open Connect podcast, and this is my co-host, Rick Haas. How are we doing today? Doing great, man. We're in a special event, man. This is quite the place. It's actually uh, it's off the beaten path. It's hidden in the back a little bit. This is You can uh, call it a hidden gem. It's a hidden gem. Definitely um, a you know, surprise secret party here. Um, we're here with uh, Chris with Ride or Die Racing, and... Uh, Actually, um, Melissa Aguirre. Aguirre, yeah. Aguirre, I said that right? All right, perfect. With the Patrick Dearborn team. Of the Patrick Dearborn team. By the way, thank you so much, Chris, for having us here. Um, greatly appreciate it. Can you tell us a, a little bit more about this event? And, and Sure. Um, well, first of all, thank you guys for coming. We, we appreciate you being here. Um, so this is an event to bring light to, uh, for those who don't, those don't actually know who James O'Keefe is. Um, and Project Veritas. So this is a private invite-only event. Um, he's in town doing some other things. Um, we teamed up with Brandon from uh, Unbossed um, Patriot Radio to uh, host this event to bring in um, some people here in town to meet James, hopefully donate to the cause. And the things he's doing are, are nothing short of amazing. Um, digging deep, uncovering the things going on in this country right now that need to be uncovered, that most people are just turning a blind eye to and so to have all these people in this room to come out and support him and support what he's doing for all of us in this country the man's a hero uh, and we all need to do everything that we can to stand behind him and being here as Patrick says in Freedom Town USA um, you can see by the love and support in this room and all the people that came out that in Naples is, is the place to be and of course you supplied the, probably the coolest place to do it at I mean this is this is the ultimate man cave, in my opinion. When I walked in here, I was blown away. I was like, man, I might have to talk about, to Chris about moving in. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. This, Like I said, this is a life's work and a life's collection that is kind of accumulated in this space. And um, I'm a big details guy, as you can tell by my cars and, and my things. Uh, details are of the utmost importance to me, even with the events that we throw. It's just everything in this room tells a story of my life. You know, I can look at something and know where I was in my life when I obtained it or got it or, you know, if, where I was in the country running drag racing, doing this, doing that, you know. Um, it's just an eclectic mix of, of all my possessions that, honestly, I, mean, I don't think Missy would even allow me to have enough. So <laughs> this space is, um, you know, it is the ultimate man cave. And like I said, we talked earlier, I think sometimes you get jaded um, from, you know, being here so often. I come here and, and then when people like you walk in, they're like, holy only mackerel, you know, it just tells me that, yeah, it really is that cool. So what got you into racing? So I used to... Um, I've had a, a business, I uh, sort of ride or die racing, um, is kind of my car club now, but at one point I had a business under a different name, and I built cars uh, for customers all over the world. We did a lot of uh, research and development. Was and that something you t you were taught by, by family, or so, you just dove so right my in? My story is, uh, so a lot of people's story in Naples, I grew up um, not affording to have mechanics work on my car, and if I couldn't have my car running, I couldn't get to work, so it was figure it out, sink or swim, and that's how a lot of times I would break down, but eventually I kind of got it um, dialed in, and I've always been a hands-on guy. I like to work with my hands, I like to create. Um, so for me, uh, it, it was a no-brainer, and I just kind of fell in love with it. And uh, when I could, I built my first car, and then I started going to shows, um, you know, working in a mechanic shop, and that spun into my car, people seeing my car and what I built, then bringing the car to me, asking it, then me getting enough clientele to actually start my own business, which spiraled into um, fabrication. We had SVT engineers that worked for us that created parts. We um, manufactured, when a car would come out, we would buy it, strip it, 
build aftermarket parts for it. So uh, creation of aftermarket parts, held a lot of patents for those things. Race team, it spiraled into all sorts of things. And um, someone came in and made me the right offer one day. And um, I was working 20 hours a day, seven days a week pretty much, and had no life. And I just realized that um, at some point enough's enough and you have to enjoy life before it passes you by. So I took the offer and, and here we are. So sink or swim, you went swimming like Michael Phelps <laughs> here, I see. So ra racing, tell me about your racing history. Like, so how, my, how did you um, get involved? So my racing history is, you know, I, I've, done a, I've done a lot of things in my life. Um, so I, I've done the very much the publicized, you know, NMR drag racing across the country. Uh, and I've also done some things that, you know, <laughs> We can't delve too deeply into, but I think we, we told some stories earlier that I, I've literally seen some Fast and Furious stuff and, and been experienced where, you know, um, street racing and, and those types of things. But again, uh, to be in that world, you kind of have to, you have to walk the line of both worlds to be in that. You kind of, you got to earn the respect of everybody for them to buy your parts and buy your stuff and know who you are. So unfortunately, it's, it's a necessary evil to uh, be a part of both of those. I mean, it's exhilarating, but one's far more dangerous than the other, but um, you know, like I said, we built some cars and we earned the respect and um, it just kind of, like I said, it spiraled into, you know, a very successful business, which, listen, we're um, beyond blessed, like I said, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, how do you get to this, listen, it was just one of those things, luck, a lot of hard work, um, uh, my head's down and I just work, that's just what I do, you know, I just focus and work, um, but there's no secret recipe, it's just work and a lot of luck. Can't bypass that. I see you got a lot of the uh, Fast and the Furious posters down there as well. I, every one of them, right? I do. Yeah. It's uh, again. It's it's. I'm 47, so that's right in my timeline of when my business was coming up. And uh, we talked about it earlier too. You know, the first few movies have my heart because that was where it got to street racing before. Like you said, it got into flying automobiles. Um, <laughs> You know, which was a, something I could relate to, you know, not quite on that, that spectrum, but, uh, of, you know, there is nothing else like running on the street. You can run on any track in the world. You can, you know, it's great, but there's nothing like running on the street just for bragging rights, just for saying, yep, um, you know, lights go and you're just gone. And, you know, we always did it safely. We always shut the roads down and, and did it safely. Uh, for all you children out there, we didn't, we didn't do anything um, <laughs> Uh, too illegal, but uh, yeah, like I said, it was a different time back then, you know, it, it, it was, and um, it, it was just, you know, like I said, some of the stuff I've seen, it's just memories that I'll have for the rest of my life, and the, some of the people that I've met along the way um, are my friends to this day, and um, I find that cars, for us, can always bridge any gap, you know, I'm the president of Lambo Club here in town, we do a lot of stuff with cars on Fifth, a ton of charity stuff, but it's a conversation I can walk into any room and have a common ground with someone. It doesn't matter what they do for a living, if they work at Publix, if they're a CEO of a company. You know what car started you on cars. It doesn't matter if you're male, female. You know the car. You know exactly where you were when you saw it and what got you into cars. You know, for me, it was Miami Vice and the Testarossas and the Diablos. You know, everybody's kind of got their own story of what they saw and they can relate to. So cars bridges the... And cars are a, a bridge to everything I find in my life and have made me um, some of the best friends uh, that I'm very lucky to have. So, so I, I got to ask, this question's been swirling around in my head. What's the fastest you've ever gone? <clears throat> so in a drag race, um, it's obviously different than, um, uh, than track racing. I, I've, I've done both. Um, on the track, you know, track racing, I've done about 150, 160. Drag racing, I've come close to breaking 200 miles. Uh, well, what's that like? What, is it? It's, I know it's not like the movie. Is it like the movies where like the you just see lights? So it's. I think that's some of those things are a little bit exaggerated. You know, he's doing 160 miles an hour and he's looking over at his laptop and the <laughs> panels coming out. <laughs> Listen, you take your eyes off for a road at 100, you know 160 miles an hour, you're dead. Um, so you don't have that luxury. But so no, it's. If you, I can equate it to almost being like in a jet fighter. Um, it, it, it pulls G's. So it's one of those things. That if you've never experienced a jet fighter or, or a real launch in a car, like we're gonna take James out for a ride and we're gonna launch James in my Lambo. Don't scare um, him. Yeah, <laughs> he loves cars, so we're, we're gonna take him for a ride. But it's, it, there's nothing else like it. Um, it's a rush that I can't explain to you. You're, if you're not used to it, your stomach comes up. 
you almost feel like you're gonna you get you actually do get lightheaded. People have actually passed out from the G's, but um, you know you, the, your stomach kind of comes up. You kind of get lightheaded, and then you kind of level out, and you're just gone. So there's there's nothing else I can equate it to in the world. Um, speed is the ultimate aphrodisiac. Speed is the ultimate. Uh, rush, um, and, and there's just nothing else. For me, there's nothing else like that. That's you awesome. You know, listening to you brings me back to some childhood memories that I have, mm -hmm. which um, I've all but forgotten about, but have you ever jumped tracks before? Uh, yeah, so I had, I, I, uh, my first car was a Buick Skylark, mm -hmm. and we used to, my, down my dirt road, mm -hmm. we had a dirt road, I'm from Michigan, mm -hmm. but we used to jump the railroad tracks mm -hmm. uh, in Michigan, so you, you'd literally get a running Catch jump. Air. And catch air and, <laughs> man. I'd, I'd like to say that I was that smooth and I've done it. I did do it in my at my M6. I was racing a GT3 and unfortunately someone pulled out in front of me and I had to negotiate. And I did curb it, but I bent the wheels on the car. Oh <laughs> man! But I didn't catch any air. But no. Yeah. Um, so when the first Fast and Furious movie came out, mm -hmm. my first car was a '98 Eclipse. And it was white. Mm -hmm. I got the body kit put on it. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I knew nothing about yeah. cars. I, I know a little bit more now. Yep. Um, but it was a four cylinder, and I thought it was the fastest thing ever. And <laughs> <laughs> Misty too, um, who's my better half. She. Um, that's kind of what got her into it. She had an Eclipse too, and she was. And the nice thing about Missy is she was in the cars long before we met, so she's my right seater for every event that we go to. Um, she's my ride or die, truly my ride or die. Um, she's at every event. Um, she loves cars, and you know, um, it's just so great to share that um, with someone and um, you know have that special bond. That, like I said, there's just certain things about cars that you just can't get doing anything else. And you know, the people that we've met, and again, I know you can hear it in the background, the crowd, and these people here who we've all networked with and have become friends and some like family um, that just stop what they're doing to come out and support such a great cause. It's just such an amazing thing and it's all spun from cars and our relationships. Absolutely. You can't you can't beat that great event, a great um, sponsored thing and cars. I mean how do you and, and Great food from sea to table. I yeah, mean, yes, thank you, Alfie, for for, for supporting the cause. Um, uh, another great place. Um, you know, we literally, when we have guests come into town, we take them to sea to table, and they're just so blown away because of what's going, the nonsense going on in all other parts of the country. Mm -hmm. And then they come to sea to table, and it's it's like the, I don't not the wild wild west, but it's such a great place. Everybody's so friendly and relaxed and you know happy. It, it's such a great place, and I highly recommend if you've never been to sea to table. Um, you know, whatever your political views are, go support Alfie because he's a great, great American, a great fixture in Naples, and he does so much for this community. So please go out and see him and, and experience his one-of-a-kind place. There's no place else like Seed to Table. We love it. We're there all the time, and uh, we're happy, you know, that Alfie was involved with us and James and Project Veritas and all the goings-on this weekend. He's a great, great guy. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather go there to have a beer than any bar around town. Honestly, I have to agree with you. Like I said, it's just such a trip, you know, because you know that you're going you're gonna to strike up a conversation with like-minded people. You're not going to get a dirty look because you don't have a mask on. Or Everybody's just so happy, and no matter where they're from, New York, California, they're just so happy to be here and experience this. And I hear it all the time. Oh, thank God we're, we're out of there and we're here. This, you know, we can't believe it. Um, and this is true. This is what, again, Patrick Dearborn says, it, it, this, it truly is Freedom Town, USA. There's no place else I would rather be in the U.S. And I don't think you guys can attest to this. I don't think there is any place like else in the U.S. It's, um, we're blessed to be living here, um, and we're blessed to be a part of this community. Absolutely, and it shows that it's growing because you got that new Ferrari dealership that popped up. We do. Know? We have also have Lambo in the works. I heard yeah. about that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Sarah's the gentleman who owns. Um, I do believe. Don't quote me, guys, but I do believe that the gentleman who owns Lamborghini Sarasota is going to be bringing Lamborghini to Naples. Which thank that God. That is sweet. Yeah, that um, is awesome. I'm, I'm a Lambo brand loyal guy. Um, you know, I love Lamborghini, so the fact that we have a dealer here is awesome. That is sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. And I actually, just to bring it back a little bit, I saw a post the other day about Seed to Table, and yep. I was like, man, it's like the grocery store that you never knew you needed. And yep. I, I forgot who posted that, but I was like, man, you're, you're spot on. I mean, you go into this place, and as you were talking about, it's just phenomenal bands. I mean, bars, cheese bar, like everything, the freshest food that you possibly can get. It's such a cool organic. place that it's got its own valet parking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, like I said, we come up from the Massachusetts, New Hampshire area, and, and I like to cook. So, you know, I'll go to the grocery store and spend some time and, you know, but what a difference it is from, you know, uh, I would come home all the time and 
Listen, I'm, when I'm in a grocery store, I'm not in any rush. I'm there to experience it, take it all in. And, you know, I'll stop, let somebody go smile and, you know, wave them on to go. And they'll just look at you, you know, like, like, what are you doing? Why are you stopping and letting me go? Or, you know, just everybody's just so un- uptight and uncomfortable. And then you come down here and, like I said, it's an absolute pleasure. Everybody's having fun. They're drinking wine while they're shopping and, you know, uh, having a meal. And it, it, like I said, it's just it's an amazing place. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for bringing us into your spot, man. This is uh, obviously a lot, like you said, years and years of of collecting and and hard work and memorabilia, and it is definitely something really real, special. Real quick, I got to ask you about the trophies down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw all those trophies. Yeah. What's what's the, what are those trophies from? So they're all from different cars that I've built and brought to shows, or that you know I brought cars to shows, and um, you know you, all sorts of, of different events that we've that we've um, that we've had trophies. Uh, I actually have to add a couple more because I do have some more that I haven't put up yet. But um, <laughs> again, we've been very, you know, when I first started out, um, like I said, people would kind of, you know, laugh at me and be like, you know, really, this is what you're doing. And then by the time I was done, those same people were lining up to see what we've built. So they're lining um, up to look at your trophies. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> um, it's it's just it's just. And that's most of that stuff is my personal stuff. It's not business related, you know. Um, you know, I had all my business stuff, but this is just my personal stuff for cars that I put my hands on and I've been involved in events that I personally been to with my vehicles. So that's why they're here, just because they they hold a special. Place. Are you still doing those events? I do. I not as often as I would like to. COVID unfortunately has. Um, we were supposed to do Gold Rush Rally this year, uh, last year, um, which is if you, for those who aren't familiar, it's there's basically two of the most prestigious rallies in the world is gumball over in europe and gold rush here in the united states and uh, it's about a three thousand mile rally with events you know thousands of people come out to see a lot of youtubers a lot of celebrities do it we were all slated to do it and then COVID hit and unfortunately um we had to put the carbosh on it and then this year we weren't able to line up the timing to go but it's definitely on my bucket list, and those are the types of things that we, we're trying to do now. But we've been so involved with charity stuff, and, and you know, again, we find, find that cars... Um, They're clapping for you. <laughs> <laughs> we find that those, you know, these events and cars bringing the people out, and, you know, we find that we can, you know, sometimes charity is much better than getting a trophy. So. Well, definitely let us know about your upcoming events so we can be a part of it. Absolutely. Like I said, this is, I think this is going to be the first of many events. Hopefully, um, you know, the, the, the many more with projects. Veritas as well and um, like I said you guys have an open invitation if you want to do a podcast and do an, you know we can do a private event here so you know like I said we, we believe in networking with the community and making friendships and um, doing mutually beneficial things like I said this is a really cool spot that you just don't get so you know you guys anytime just let me know awesome. appreciate it and one a quick question sure, for sure. you out of all of the collections of uh, vehicles that you have which mm-hmm. one's your favorite so unfortunately, I don't have here. I have probably what I would deem one of the baddest 1998 Supras on the planet. Now I know everybody at home is just rolling their eyes, saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Everybody says that. I promise you, it was at Cars on Fifth this year. It it really is. It's a unicorn. It has less than 13,000 original miles. A two JZ non-conversion car. It's as sick as they come, and I wish it was here. But that's probably the most special car to me. Um, but beyond that, you know, my Lambo's a very close second. Um, you know, that Lambo has made, made us a lot of friends and a lot of connections and a lot of people. And, you know, so, again, I, I equate everything to um, a memory and, friend, you know, like I said, so that's kind of why they hold special places for me. Is there one you're looking to get your hands on? I did just order a Urus, um, so I'm waiting for that to show up. We don't know when it's going to be here. It's going to be here October or November. Um, and... Um, uh, I've just spoken with the owner of Rift Exhaust, who's creating exhaust for us. So they only make 18 uh, exhausts a year um, wow. per type of model. So we've already spoken, and he's going to save one for me. Um, so I'm super excited about that to, um, to to get a Urus. Like I said, it's something I've been wanting for a while. Um, but, uh, yeah, October, November, we don't know if it's going to be a 21 or 22, but super stoked. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate it. Let's get you back out there to your event, and uh, we greatly appreciate everything in the hospitality, man. No, thank guys, you. we appreciate you being here, like I said, and helping us spread the cause, uh, you know, and um, the initiative and the movement here to, to, to help, to help, you know, which is, again, what's going on in this country. So thank you guys very much. Thank Absolutely. you so much, Chris. It's been fun. Thank you. Take care. You too. And we're now sitting here with Nick Garillet of My Florida Green. And Nick, welcome. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to uh, be up here and speaking with all of you. Thanks for coming to the event. What do you think about the event so far? Oh, amazing. Absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, cars, 
big rubbing uh, bumping elbows with big people and good food and 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 alcohol. What's what's better than that? <laughs> and one of the coolest man caves I've ever absolutely seen. Absolutely, it is absolutely. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about my Florida Green, and uh, I've seen the van everywhere. So. Yeah, so uh, you're definitely not trying to keep a low profile, that's for sure. Uh, so started back in 2016. Uh, we have over 26,000 patients now on our platform. We get five locations uh, uh, throughout the state, uh, Naples being our primary home base because that's where I live. But uh, I actually created a software back in 2016 uh, that uh, basically aggregated and facilitated the medical marijuana certification for both the doctor and the patient. And I licensed it to a group of doctors back in 16. And, and I had no idea what the healthcare system was about. And what I witnessed was criminal. These doctors were actually using my software uh, and taking advantage of patients, charging them erroneous fees, having them come back for unnecessary appointments. And I didn't want to be a part of it. So I pulled the software back. I founded my Florida Green, hired my own doctors, and created our own protocol, uh, which is maximum dosing, access to all products. Uh, but we empower the patient through education and experience uh, and I'm sorry and technology so uh, you know with with education and technology they're able to experiment and titrate on their own and that's what we're all about is uh, is giving people freedom to to experiment awesome and we're talking about a plant here that's only got three side effects hungry happy sleeping <laughs> right no and zero deaths associated with it yeah, no one's ever deaths. died from a marijuana overdose it's actually impossible it's crazy to think that the plant's been around before man and nobody has died from it right yeah you can't even say that about a ham sandwich you get salmonella you can choke right you can't die from cannabis i mean it's 100 people a year die from peanut allergies yeah yeah uh, i think it's 100 people a year die from falling coconuts yeah yeah. Like we should make coconuts illegal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. A schedule one drug, by the way. Exactly. A lot of good things are happening, though. I think that they're going to deschedule it this year. When they do that, then that's going to kind of open up the floodgates. It doesn't mean that it's going to be nationwide uh, legalization, but at least it'll be descheduled to where uh, it'll be taken off of drug testing, right? So that's going to be a big thing. Uh, it'll open up the Banking Act, uh, where uh, if you are a marijuana-associated business, you can bank and deposit money in the bank. Uh, you know, so a military... Or, not military, but but law enforcement and firefighters would be able to use it at that point. So I'm really excited about that. We're going to create a, a really cool program for our active law enforcement. It's going to be an honor to be able to stand up in front of a bunch of uh, sheriffs, you know, in with badges, giving them access to marijuana. So I'm really excited about that. And, you know, they have a very stressful job as it is, them, firefighters. Absolutely. Um, you know, people in the medical field that can't do these things because their employers say, no, yep. you can't for yep. no reason, really. Right. Yeah, and that has to change. It absolutely has to change. Absolutely. P PTSD. Um, we just did a podcast with uh, Wounded Warriors of Collier County. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, your products would be able to, to help them a lot if you haven't done so already. We actually have a veteran program, um, you know. You know, the guy downstairs with all the tattoos, he's my best friend. That's Mike Pearl, a former Secret Service, United States Army, uh, and my, my right-hand man. Uh, I got a soft spot for vets, so we charge veterans once and then never again. So uh, awesome. all of their follow-ups and all their seven-month appointments are free on us. So uh, we do have a, a good percentage, about 10% of our, our patients are veterans. So we do a lot of uh, service for them, and it's an honor to serve those who have served us. Now, when you said it was it was it was scheduled, what class one, right? Schedule one. What's yep. that with? What, what do they group that with? Uh, heroin. Uh, yeah, heroin. Cocaine's a schedule two. Uh, yeah. How is that yeah. a schedule he two? Yeah. Heroin, heroin, MDMA, uh, which is ecstasy, and uh, and uh, marijuana. They're all schedule one. Yeah. And it's crazy because one's a plant and the rest is made in a lab with chemicals yeah, yeah. and baking soda. And I don't know yeah. the recipe, but. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's really sad. But, you know, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, right? It's out now. Right? Yeah. We, uh, we know that no one's ever died. We also have built a database uh, for... We build a database uh, for to help people uh, wean off of medication. So all the patients that are reporting uh, for their seven-month follow-ups on uh, how they're getting off of specific medications, we, we, we collect the data. So I can tell you the strain, the route, and where they bought it that got them off of specific medications. So Xanax, Gabapentin, Tramadol, all the designer drugs that are big uh, and overprescribed right now, patients are getting off of them. And it's just an honor to be a part of that. It really is. And what's crazy to think is in 1978, the U.S. government said cannabis is is won't hurt you and it can be used for a medicine and doesn't yep. kill anybody. But yep. they still have it scheduled right there up with heroin, which kills how many people a year? Yeah, yeah exactly. Millions? 
uh, it, you can't you can't even put a number on it because it's yeah. all it's the same thing as COVID deaths, right? You can't even put a number on it because none of it's real data anyway. So. Exactly. Now, do you see? Do you see Florida becoming recreational anytime soon? Um, DeSantis does not is not a is is not a fan of recreational, and neither am I. Uh, listen, it should have never been illegal anyway, right? Mm-hmm. But 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 it, but it is, and and it, and it's slowly going to become legalized. But flipping a switch and making it all about sales and catering to people that want to get stoned is not the right avenue. I literally mm-hmm. help people every day get off of drugs or help them with their. Uh, helping them with their ailments, right? Helping them get out of pain. And those people deserve the access that are suffering from debilitating conditions, not the guy that wants to get stoned. If the guy that wants to get stoned is going to take all the demand and precedent over uh, over all of the patients that are waiting in line to get relief, then that's just not the right way to do it. So I think that the recreational states that have done it, um, it's it's revenue driven. You know, it's all about making the money and the tax revenue. And, and I think that Florida is doing it the right way. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people are going to disagree with that but um i think that the medical program needs to stay priority over recreational and we should slowly roll recreational out and, and you you mentioned that cannabis weans people off drugs like heroin but yet they consider it the same yeah. as heroin which yeah, is yeah. crazy yeah. to think yeah. right well you know it was always cannabis it's always it's been in the pharmacology uh, as cannabis you know for hundreds of years uh marijuana was a made-up name from a dea agent maria and juan the two most common names out of mexico is that how it happened yeah, yeah maria juana yeah now so. how did it originally become illegal um there's a you know the, the digger uh, the the more you dig the the more pissed off you get right yeah. so um I, I stop at a certain point because i just it just triggers like every rage inside of me but yeah um you know there's there is a uh, anslinger who was the first dea agent which is like in the 1930s 1920s uh who uh who was part of making it a schedule one drug uh then there is um william hurst who was uh the uh, biggest newspaper producer and paper producer in the country uh and uh, hemp was actually the devil. It wasn't marijuana, it was hemp. But hemp and marijuana are the same family. So uh, they were producing hemp paper that you could crumple up and straighten back out and reuse and erase off of. And uh, Hearst f- saw that as an immediate threat uh, and and basically launched Reefer Madness, which is that article right behind you. That, that That's part of Reefer's Madness right there. Devil's Harvests or the Devil's Lettuce, they called it, right? Reefer Madness, look at that. On that, on that yeah, so oh, th- these are actually yep. great with the conversation. Um, but, uh, yeah, he created Reefer Madness, and it was basically a, a campaign to scare the bejesus out of everybody to, to, you know, hinder them from trying to use marijuana. Yeah, I know? saw those old videos, and they're so inaccurate with oh. how marijuana is used. Like, it's people smoking, all of a sudden they're, they're dancing, they're going crazy, and then they're, they're, like, hurting people. And it's like, no, you don't yeah. want to do any of that. Jumping out of windows. Yeah. <laughs> bath, bath salts, maybe. <laughs> you know, some bad uh, oh, LSD man. trip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, you had mentioned earlier that... Uh, um, uh, a gentleman, you have a lot of success stories and testimonials, and a gentleman that uh, uh, you, you were able to help and treat. Yeah, a stage four cancer patient that had a, uh, a massive tumor, a brain tumor, and his doctors were telling him that there's no way they're going to be able to shrink the tumor. Uh, there's really no hope and to get your affairs in order. I hate it when I hear a patient tell me that their doctor told them that because it's just basically like saying you're going to die and, and you're done, you know. But unfortunately, the doctors have to have that conversation. But this particular case, this gentleman uh, said, no, I'm not going to do chemo. I'm not going to do radiation. I'm going to use cannabis. And he used an extreme amount uh, of THC and CBD on a daily basis. And he was able to shrink his tumor. And it's almost gone. His doctors are completely baffled. You know, what a lot of people don't understand is, you know, you have two primary cannabinoids to the plant, THC and CBD. There's 115 total right now, and they're still counting, right? Uh, but the, the, the two most medicinal, THC and CBD. THC actually binds to the cancer cell and can cause apoptosis, where the cancer cell eats itself from the inside out and disappears. I've seen it live in a Petri dish. It's amazing. And then CBD can block the cancer cell from metastasizing. So it's like a one-two punch. So if you have cancer, which we all have cancer cells in our body, right? Some of them are going to dormant. Some are going to surface, right? It's inevitable what's going to happen. But if you have cancer cells in your body, why would you not consume THC and CBD on a daily basis? Right. Why would you not consume just as a preventative? But if you have cancer and you have to go after it, you have to consume massive amounts of it, which makes it a challenge because you're stoned out of your mind. <laughs> right. If you're sensitive, I'm personally, I'm sensitive. So I don't really like THC of what it does to me, but I consume it every day. And it's usually at night, you know, <laughs> right before I go to bed. Well, I have to thank you, Nick, because I have my card through you guys. I have Crohn's disease and um, 
my doctors, I had it since I was 18 in high school, and my doctor said, oh, you got to jump on Remicade. And I said, what's Remicade? They're like, meh. Short, in a short version, it's basically a form of chemotherapy. And I said, I'm 18 years old. I'm getting ready to graduate. I don't right. know about all that. But if it's what I got to do, I got to do it, right? So I, I started doing it, um, and I never felt better. Mm. I just felt like my, maybe it was like numbing my Crohn stuff, but right. then I felt like a flamingo where this arm's crooked, my leg's up like, a, I, I literally felt like a flamingo where I was getting other things happening to me. And then my doctor's like, oh, no, no, don't worry, you'll be, you'll be fine, just do it for, so I did it for, since I was 24, and then I said, okay, I'm, enough of this, I'm not feeling better. It's so not from 18 better. to 24 you did this? Yep. Wow. And it was every, it was expensive, it was like $1,000 a month. Wow. And that was after my insurance covered a huge part of it. And I had to go in every two months for two hours with and sit there with an IV hooked up to me next to people much older than me going through cancer and they're like mm. what are you doing here young yeah, man yeah. I'm like Crohn's disease they're like wow that's that's horrible and I said I, I know it is um and then from 24 to I would say 27 um I was on Humira I switched over to Humira because I couldn't afford Remicade anymore I, I got so uh, it started hurting my credit and everything mm. because I got so far behind on yeah. paying Remicade they're like we can't give it to you anymore but we'll put you on the free program with Humera. So I started doing Humera, which is, for those of you that don't know out there, it's self-injection every two weeks. Um, and I didn't like doing the self-injection thing. It doesn't feel good. Nobody likes doing that. Right. Um, and then you got and then it creates a lump in your stomach. Then you got to rub the lump in to get to make it active yeah. and all this stuff. And I still felt the same. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. And then I started looking up all the ingredients and everything. And Humera itself has over 80 different side effects. Mm -hmm. Cancer, TB, I mean, we were talking about earlier. It's like, yeah, I don't the, want any of that stuff. The number one side effect is cancer. Like, <laughs> and, it, and people don't even pay attention. It's cancer. Then there's like anal bleeding, rectal bleeding. Like, I mean, it's stuff that you wouldn't even wish on your worst enemy. Yeah. And so, um, and so then I, I said, you know what? You guys, you guys popped up, and I said, I'm doing my Florida Green. So I went through you guys, got my card. You guys' doctors are awesome. Um, very informative, um, especially through the whole process of explaining CBD, THC, mm -hmm. the difference, what they do, what you might need, what you might not need. Um, and it was great. And I've, I've been on using cannabis um, for a while, but now this time more strategically wise with my body. Right. Um, and I've been off all chemotherapy stuff for about five, six years, and awesome. doctors to this day, my, whenever I see my doctors, and I, I rarely see them now because I think they're full of crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and it, they never seemed like they were happy. Right. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling great. Look, yeah. I got my weight back. I feel yeah. strong. They're and actually pissed because yeah, you, like, you didn't take their advice. Yeah, right? because, yeah. They're, of course, they're getting kickbacks. Yeah. And think, they're not getting kickbacks and recommending you Tylenol, but they're getting kickbacks yeah. on yeah. big chemotherapy things. So my doctor's like, no, you need to get back on this. And I said, no, I don't. Right. Yeah. And I feel great. And he's like, how did you gain the weight? How did you do all that? And yeah. I said, cannabis. He's like, well, I don't, that's, I don't know if you should do that. That's not real medicine. I, I love it when the doctors say, it's not real medicine. You're right. It's I'm not, like, how yeah. about you just be happy for right. me? I'm happy and I'm healthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't even, there's, you know, excuse my language, it's so full of shit, some yeah. of them. Yeah. You know, I'm, a, I'm an asthmatic. Now, I can't really dive down the rabbit hole of uh, THC or marijuana unless I do edibles or mm -hmm. something like yeah. that because of my, my asthma. But the, when when they took primatine mist off the shelves because they said all of us asthmatics were destroying the ozone layer with that chemical right. in it because they didn't want people to self-medicate and, right. and treat each other. Yep. And you had to go to the doctor and mm. you had to be prescribed albuterol or this yep. other. And the, the doses they tell you to take are um, twice what you really need, you know, and then you're, you build up an immunity. I was in the hospital once or twice a year, half the time on my deathbed because I would listen to them. I come to Florida... Um, thank God they, you know, Primatine Mist was able to fight. It was a long, lengthy, like six, seven year battle with them to get another product out onto the shelves. And now if I ever have any kind of respiratory trouble, I just, I take that, you know, it's, it's 20 bucks, 30 mm -hmm. bucks, but it's a lot better than spending thousands and thousands of dollars going to doctors who, who continue to, you know, like you said, get kickbacks and you know, things of that nature. You should try a, a good, a good uh, full spectrum CBD oil because that, that, that CBD is amazing for like inflammation, right? So, uh, you know, that could that could really help with. We've seen it help with asthmatics big time. Okay. You can also do uh, inhalers. There's an inhaler that actually you can suck in and inhale the THC, but it's not in a smoke. 
Um, so we have a lot of lung cancer patients that actually use the inhalers. We have a stage four lung cancer patient that's in complete remission from dry herb vaping THC the entire time through her uh, cancer treatment. That's awesome. <laughs> Unbelievable, yeah. So there's a lot of, don't, you know, I was just talking to somebody downstairs about this. A lot of people will go to automatically default to somebody smoking a joint when they think of medical marijuana. And it's so much deeper than that, right? Yep. Smoking is just the tip of the iceberg. Typically, people with Crohn's do well with smoking because their digestive system is a mess. So they can't really metabolize things correctly. So Crohn's, you know, usually smoking is the number one, you know, route. I don't know if that is for you. Oh, absolutely. Because I, I have appetite problems yep. because Crohn's, um, of course, it kills white blood cells and it creates... There's times where I am extremely hungry, like mm -hmm. I'm starving, right. and I'll sit down, eat, take one bite, and Deshaun's been with me before, where I'm like, I just can't eat anymore. My stomach literally put up a right. block. Yeah. I go, I go and use use my vape. Yeah. One or one or two hits, I'm back in there, and I, I finish the whole plate, asking for someone else's plate. Yeah, there you go, there you go. You know? And is indica the strain that you use for that, or? Yeah, I've switched over to a hybrid now. Okay. Um, yeah. just because, you know, I'm. I'm very busy with real estate um, throughout the day, and I'm scatterbrained all the time. You so really going down. throughout the day, I can't down myself. Yep. But at night, when I'm at home, yep. um, because of course I, I have, um, you know, problems sleeping. Yeah. So I use THC when I'm at home at night. But during the day, I switch to um, a strong hybrid. Yeah. And, it, and, good, I, and I feel great. Yeah. I feel great. That's good. You know, for those that are that are listening, uh, there's three strains to the plant. There's sativa, indica, hybrid. Uh, sativa is a stimulant, appetite suppressant, energizing, which clearly you would not want to use, especially if you're trying yeah. to stimulate appetite. Uh, but it can cause anxiety to kind of jack you up like caffeine. Indica is also known as Indicouch, right? So yep. sedative, relaxing, good for the PMs. And then hybrids, a combination of sativa and indica together. So uh, good. That's awesome that you found this. You know, the other thing, too, is your body builds a tolerance. So you want to switch things up. You want to, you want to, you know, try different strains and different routes, you know, and stuff like that too, because your body will build the tolerance and it gets repetitive at, at the same time. So, um, but yeah, man, I'm so proud of you. I really Thank am. You. I, I, I really enjoyed uh, talking to you the other night, listening to your story. And, um, it's just phenomenal to, to be, and, and, and uh, I'm honored. I really am I'm honored to be a part of your story. I'm honored to be a part of these 26,000 other people that are on our platform no, not to discredit your story, but it's just unbelievable to, to be a part of this and to actually open up those gates, that gateway for people to access. It's not about getting high. It's about getting healed. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, of course, you can get high in the process, but what's wrong with that? What's wrong <laughs> yeah. with getting high? It's better than being low. You know, having a couple chips and <laughs> yeah. eat, watching some Netflix. My, my favorite patients are the 80 year old Agnes's. They're like, I don't want to get high. It's like, Agnes, you're taking four opioids and eight benzodiazepines every day. You're already high, babe. You're already. <laughs> high this is not going to do anything other other than maybe get you off of that stuff you know so it's it's really interesting but uh yeah it's awesome well it really i thank is. you and your company because you guys did something doctors couldn't do for me yeah awesome so i appreciate well, it well thank you for sharing that and uh that testimonial and uh you know again it's an honor to be a part of it and we'll have to get you on for for your own separate podcast so we can dive in deep and yeah we should and yeah, talk about some yeah. of the science about this stuff because that's that's the biggest problem i i see with some people um is I have people, you know, friends that are like, I have massive amounts of anxiety I, or I can't focus or, or things like that. And it's like, but, but they're like, I can't smoke it and get high. And it's like, well, there's way, there's many other avenues to it. It's not just smoking it. Yeah, exactly. And then in CBD, uh, again, like CBD, everybody should be taking CBD at least during the day, you mm -hmm. know, but making sure that it's real and not some of this nonsense that they sell in the store, excuse me, but. CBD is going to be inflammation, anxiety, blood pressure, blood sugar regulation. If you take CBD twice a day, you won't get anxiety anymore. Yep. Right, and people are so used to treating their conditions, right? So they want to treat it. They want to wait for their condition to come, and then they want to treat it, or their ailment to come, and then they treat it. Well, that that you remain a victim of your condition. Why be in treatment mode? Why not get into pre preventative mode so then you can treat for fun at that point? You know. Yeah. My son just came back up here. He's 13 years old. Gavin, right? Uh, you know our CBD company, we uh, which is Revita Oil. Uh, we we sell over a thousand bottles a month of Revita Oil. Uh, and and uh, I put that company that's in my son's name. So my son owns a, 
a multi-million dollar company at 13 years old. Uh, and uh, I was able to <laughs> That's wean pretty cool. <laughs> I was able to wean him off of Adderall uh, when he was 10. It's like the protocol in the school systems, right? If uh, the kid is smart uh, or over, over, uh, over smart and is bouncing off the walls, then they automatically label with ADD and ADHD and they put the kid on Adderall. And it's the teacher that's the one that initiates it, right? So uh, his teacher did that with him. Uh, his, his mom is my ex-wife. His mom is pro-big pharma. I am obviously pro-medical marijuana, so uh, there was a big fight with that, but uh, we were able to wean him off of the Adderall, and, it, and we did it with CBD. So I started a CBD company for him, and it's been very successful, and his story is amazing, and we give it to him every day, right? So it doesn't make him a pothead. It makes him taking CBD to balance him out. So for you, I, I wish I had some with me because I, I want to give you some because I think you'd do really well with it, honestly. Well, I'll have to definitely check that out. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Nick, we greatly appreciate you stopping by. Is yeah. there? How can people find you? Where do, where do they look on social media, uh, website? Yeah, yeah. so myfloridagreen.com. Uh, you, you go to the website, you click get started, you choose your location, you fill out the application. We've really streamlined the entire process so from, from, from the start to finish. So uh, we handle and facilitate the entire process from beginning to end. So uh, you'll you'll fill out the application, you'll fill out your medical questionnaire, you'll schedule your appointment, you'll come in, you'll see the doctor, you go through an education, you're in and out in 15 to 20 minutes unless you need more time. Uh, and then you know the doctor follows the same protocol, maximum dosing access to all products, but we empower you through education and technology. So myfloridagreen.com, click on get started, and we'll see you soon. And I can attest, it's a it's an easy process, and you guys walk people right through it awesome brother well, i appreciate it i'm gonna give you 20 bucks later for saying that <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back out there and mingle and uh, get some more people um get the information and, and thanks again nick for no, stopping my, by. my pleasure and honor awesome. thanks for having me guys take care, take yeah, care. thank you all right. all right we are now live with nick jeevis did i say that correct you got it you nailed it Whoop, we're missing one here. There, there we go. go. There we go. Oh, even better. You're yeah, live. you nailed it, man. Right. Jesus. <laughs> and Alfie Oaks from Seed to Table. Welcome, gentlemen. Good to be here. We're uh, great to be here. We just had an amazing event uh, over at our um, field trip farm, and it was uh, Project Veritas. Actually, you know, we're, we're here right now, and, and um, it's um, just a, what's so great about Southwest Florida here is, is the, the unbelievable amount of patriots here. Patrick Dearborn was just talking about it. Like, we... We know that we're living in a very special place in the universe right now where we're enjoying certain freedoms that, uh, that we're not seeing around, like not just other parts of like even our country, but of the world. So uh, never Absolutely. felt more blessed to be, to be here and be doing what we're doing. It's so crazy that it's so divided, right? You have, you have people that want freedom and people that are like, no, let my government figure that out for me. Uh, Worlds apart. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I, I wasn't going to jump into that, but like I just roll, roll, you know, and the first thing you inspired me with is <clears throat> it reminds me, my father passed away about eight years ago, terrible businessman, but one of the smartest guys that I ever, ever met. But um, one day he asked me, he said, why, why is it that, um, that, you know, we have 95%, if we've all looked at the geographical map of the United States and see how much of it that's in, in red, and I'm not trying to make this about politics so much, mm -hmm. but, but the things that are going on right now are really crazy, where one side seems to be more for, like, a vibrant economy and, and, and business and growth, and one part is, is about shutting down. So I'm not trying to make it political, but, it, but, it, but it's hard not to go there these days, right? right. So, so basically why are the cities why are these metropolitan areas that are painted in blue why are they so much different than the areas that are in red and and the first answer i gave him he asked me the question and it was a smart way to do it because it got my mind thinking i'm like well maybe there's more people there that are on government subsidies or this or that and he said well that's a good answer he says but i don't think that that's really the underlying issue the underlying issue might be to him it felt like most certainly that the people that live in cities are they when you're if you're born in a city everything you see was created by man the roads the subways the high rises everywhere you look you might see a tree or sprinkled around like a house plant or something but everything that you see is created by man so when we go out of there when we go into this 95% of the geographical us of people that are in my opinion thinking more of the right way they are in uh, and I don't care what you call it. You can say that that area is created by God. You can say it's created by nature. Whatever term that you want to use, that's the, that's the paradigm they live in. And, and it, it creates a totally different mindset. And I think that 
that the it's so easy for these people in these cities to go by man's rule. Like you're saying, why is why is this divide? We have this divide of these people that will follow the rules, follow man's rules. Like that, that's what that's what uh, Father Fauci told us to do, and we're going to do it, <laughs> and uh, and and they do it. But it's because maybe the paradigm that they grew up in is that it was in man's man's world versus. We say, okay, I'm in nature's world. I'm going to let nature take its course on me, and I feel like that I got a good fight against it. You know, um, people that know me know that I've came stood up against the insanity of the way that we're handling this whole COVID virus. And and um, I think that, you know, I, I know there's a lot of realtors that are listening to this show, and they should, if they were in the state of Florida, they should be incredibly thankful to our governor. Uh, if it wasn't for him, it wasn't for the great legislator of the state of Florida. Uh, they would not be doing so good. I'm not taking the value or the worth of away from what, what they do for a living or the value, but the truth is, if you're a real, there's good realtors in Connecticut right now. There's good realtors in New York right now, and they're not doing so good because no. there's not 1,100 people a day that's moving to Connecticut. I can sure as hell tell you that. No. So, no. so um, and, and, and I, I'm going to get right to the point of why I felt like I wanted to jump on the show. Is I'm giving more to Governor DeSantis than I've ever given to any ever politician in my life. And it's not enough. Like, for me, I, I could give him my whole net worth and it's not enough because not only, forget the money part of it. Money comes and goes. I'm not attached to, to money that much. But but I, the livelihood that I live, the livelihood that we live, that my children live, to not have to wear masks, and the, that that's worth more than the money, even if I gave him my entire net worth. So I'm asking every realtor that hears this to think about it and think about putting the money in the right spot. I was actually talking to a group of and I'm trying not to, after this, I won't monopolize all the time, but I'm, I was talking to a woman, woman's group, about 400 pretty wealthy women of the Republicans Club here in Naples, Florida. Right. And as I was talking to them, I reminded them that, you know, I see a lot of people out here that probably have a decent amount of money. I'm not counting everyone's money. If you don't have money, put in your time, whatever. I, but if you do have money, if you are going to leave money, like, let's say, to your children or to your grandchildren, you better think about putting a lot of money behind some different candidates that are going to keep our country moving the right way because the money that you're leaving them that you might be going to give them in 10 years from now or 15 if things don't go the right way here in this next election cycle for our country that money's not going to be worth anything anyway you're right. not going to be leaving any, anything of value so think about that as, a, as the investments that we need to make so I'm hoping everyone that hears this makes makes the right choice and I'm not telling you what I don't I'm, the, I don't, I'm not asking for any money myself I don't want any money from anyone I'm just saying find candidates that that are principled with what your values are hopefully it's to sell more houses to to have you know promote commerce and put your money behind them and um, and and get behind them harder than ever because this is a this is a fight right now for for our country and for for the free enterprise system and and for capitalism absolutely and i i truly believe florida's leading the way ron DeSantis is a leader and i see all these other states following what he's doing and i know one day he will be president i know it it's I don't know where I have to go to bet in Vegas on those odds, but I'll put all my money on him being president <laughs> one day. I know it. But that's the right can. That's us supporting him, showing support. Yep. And it's important for people to get out and get active in the communities. And again, he he was he's our number one real estate agent. But if it wasn't for the other ones, you know, doing such a poor job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I thank King Kumo every day for yeah. sending us so many people down here. And you know, I always thought. Um, that it was going to be a lot of Democrats fleeing the cities. That's not what I'm finding out. It's Republicans right now because every deal I've had this year, except for one, has been Republicans from up north that's like, I love New York, but I'm not going to live like that anymore. Well, yeah. It's changed. It's changed. Yep. Yeah, I was born and raised in New York State, and I've been in outside of the city, and it has changed. A lot of people fled. A lot of people left. Yep. Went to different states. They didn't want to live that way anymore. And it but shouldn't it, be that way, right? It shouldn't. But even pivoting from the politics of it, to go off of what Alfie said, I think people of affluence have become indifferent and as so apathetic that they haven't given their money to any cause that could move the needle. They've insulated themselves with their funds, and that's not a, a bad thing necessarily, but now it's time to get off the bench into the game. Mm -hmm. Now, a question of where you want to do that, uh, Florida is, I think, in my opinion, a great place to do that, but that's up to you. And there are so many of these pockets of people with money that do nothing. They sit on the sidelines and they expect other people on the ground without their help to win. It's not going to happen. You won't have a free-thinking Florida. You won't even have a New York to go back to the same way unless people that have power step up and help us move the needle. People like, you know, we're at Project Veritas. We have plenty of people that come and help us, but it's, not, it's never enough. It's not enough. We're fighting a hydra. 
uh, whether it's in Florida, whether it's in New York, whether it's in California, Chicago, it's all the same. It's the same element, I think, of apathy. And that, that worries me sometimes to see these people so indifferent and to just say, oh, it'll work out. And if it doesn't, I have a wall of money and stocks to protect me. I don't think that's true anymore. No, no I've, I've, I've sadly heard many people come and tell me, well, you know, I don't know about this, but I, I think I'll be all right as long as my stocks keep producing 6% and all this. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, like, yeah. like th- we are fighting for our country right here for, for the for what type of lives that our children, our grandchildren are going to live for. You know, I, I, I read a Ronald Reagan quote that was talking about these are the times where, you know, if we don't change things, we could be entering a, a thousand years of the darkness. Now, this is not the first time our country's been through this. That quote that I read from Ronald Reagan this morning was for 57 years ago. It was 1964, obviously 20 years before even, or 16 years before he became president. But our country was, has been through these tough times. But but we have to be vigilant to protect our country. The way that our system's set up, so long as we don't pass bills like HR1 and things like that that really destroy uh, our democratic republic, uh, then then it, our, it, our system's built to vacillate back and forth, and that's what's made, made, it, made us so great. And our founding fathers knew that we were going to come into this apathetic stage. Mm-hmm. They, they, studying all the other courses of governments throughout, you know, throughout all of history, that's what happens. But if we stuck to the Constitution, then... That doesn't happen, but we're deviating from that, and that's what is allowing us to go down this this really really bad road. So, um, for me, it's about finding. I don't even. I'm really disgraced with the Republican Party in many ways. It's just about finding people that will adhere to the constitutional values that actually built our great great you know country and allowed us to be able to own real estate and to buy and sell businesses and to prosper with a with a free enterprise system and 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 tr- true capitalism. Uh, it, it disgusts me when I hear these. Universities act as if capitalism is a dirty word. Is evil. Uh, yeah, uh, th- there's nothing that's ever brought more people out of poverty into and, and er, than capitalism. Now, crony capitalism, where the that's, government yeah. gets involved, Republicans as well on that side. Totally, yeah. di- totally different. And Democrats. Yeah. yeah, and this unfortunately, this globalism effort that they're trying to do is all about the crony capitalism. The, they want the government to control everything, and they want the big corporations that the government. Just because they're so big, all they have to do is make a few different rules to control them, so they have absolute control of, over those big corporations as well. The ones they can't control are the small businesses, the small businesses that are really what were the backbone of our country and what what was the, the biggest assault on, uh, you know, from this COVID was to the small business uh, community. Yeah. Not so much here in Florida because we have we have great leadership, but I was up in Minnesota to see Mike Lindell uh, a week or so ago and. I could not believe all of the businesses shut down in Minneapolis. Um, like, even even chains that were corporate chains shut down. Like, like, and, and I haven't been to a lot of different places in the country since all this nonsense. But, but uh, it's really, really sad to see what's going on. Yeah, a lot of fear. Yeah, a lot of unnecessary fear. You know, That's, I think what we should do is we should shut down all corporations for a year and let small businesses run for that, a year. That's an interesting Let's idea. Fair. Let's be fair here, <laughs> That's right? That's an interesting idea. And you know, I feel like we're fighting. You know, us as humans, we're, we're naturally supposed to learn from history, right? Yes. You're supposed to learn from your mistakes and get better. I feel like we're fighting 1776 all over again in 2021 here. I feel like it's where you have people that are like, hey, we want to we want to make our own choices. We'll make our own choices for our children. We'll make our own choices for ourselves, our own health choices. Those are choices that weren't given to us by our government. Those are choices that were given to us by God. Um, so the fact that you have, you know, half the country out there that's like, no, that's choices that the government should make for us is it, it, it sounds crazy to even think that no no i'm gonna make my own health choices you make your own health choices and if you don't like being around me don't be around me it's it's, it's a beautiful big country and there's plenty of places to live and 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 be free but don't tell me how i have to live right it, it should see it seems simple it, it was that lack simple. of vigilance though it was that yeah. lack of vigilance that cost us our freedom and our safety that's the price of freedom and safety is as alfie touched upon vigilance We've lost that. People, I think, got comfortable. They thought technology was going to save them, and I think it was foolish of us to think we could dodge something so traumatic because we have cell phones and because we're interconnected. And No, I don't think anyone escapes in a lifetime of 80, 90-year span, 100-year span, some kind of suffering or brick wall mm-hmm. where we've hit that, and now it's time to get involved. It's time to get off the bench into the game and use every resource you have to try to make it right because if you're not doing that, you're not living. Well, well yeah, we're, we're not, you know, we're not, teaching the truth anymore to our children no. um and and we're seeing we're seeing what what type you know the different generational change and i, I always hate it when I, I hear people say about oh the youth of today the they're no good we're like I, 
that's been going on forever. Mm-hmm. You, do you think that the kids, uh, you think back in the sixties that the, the, the parents back then were saying, Oh my God, what, what are we going to do? Like, you know, but every gen, I got a lot of young people. I got 3,200 employees. I got a lot of young people that are amazing, amazing people that are coming out. They've worked their butt off. They're engaged, but this, they, they really have to work harder than ever to have the right attitude because of what they're being indoctrinated with in, in the schools. And, uh, when, 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 when we're talking here to, to different people, and maybe this is reaching some realtors that have had a good year here in Florida and made some money, you know, put your money behind some good candidates like, like Ron DeSantis that's done an amazing job for governor. He's going to run again, obviously, and, and there'll be a great governor to keep our, our, our state strong. But also pay attention to the local municipalities and the school boards because I'm even guilty of not getting involved in school board races and things like that, and they've we've just been, you know, basically – you know, heard the, the the you know the the frog in the pot, and you just keep making the water mm-hmm. warmer and warmer. Slowly. That's that's, that's what's boiling. happened, and it's been going on for a long time. And our kids are completely indoctrinated right now. And fortunately, I think a lot of people are awake, and we're going to change across this whole entire country uh, the complexion of of what's going on within the school boards. But it's going to take some doing. It's going to take money. The left is coming out hardcore. Do you know here in Collier County, right here in Collier County, one of the most Republican areas in the whole in the whole country, we have a board of of school board members, five school board members that are all have ours behind their name, but they're all socialists. They are all they all masked up our kids. And it's because they get all of their money from the teachers union. The leftist teachers union funds all of it. And they put just in this last election cycle, they put eight hundred thousand dollars behind it. So those folks are up there and even though they might not really be for the mass, they know that if they want to get their $400,000 from the teachers union to, to run again, to keep their little bit of power that they have as, as a school board uh, member, which a lot of these people, unfortunately just grasp for that little bit of power that they have to play ball. And that's what we have to break that cycle. And I, I, I you know, I came in front of our school board and said, I'll match two to one, whatever they put up. If they put up 800,000, I'm putting me personally, I'm putting up a million six and we're going to take these guys out. We're going to make a difference and we need more people to stand up. I'm not saying that every person needs to come up with a million six, but I'm saying if you think, think about, you know, where your life is headed and don't, don't count on other people to this, yes. to, to, to make it happen for you. Yes. You got to get involved. And, and if you don't want to get out there and personally make the sacrifice, I've had death threats against my daughter. I've had, I've taken the spears. We've come out there and we we've been out against the black lives matter and different things. I'm not asking everybody to go to that level, but if you're not going to go to that level, at least get behind the right candidates and put your money behind it. I actually watched that, that video of you live at the yeah. school board at my office. And I, I was like, <laughs> Good job. Thank you for saying the truth because the people up there don't have the balls to. Yeah. We reveal a lot of corruption within the unions, within the teacher structure. It's shocking. Mm-hmm. As a student in high school, I couldn't even speak my mind on a personal level. They were so politically driven and just even just agenda driven. It wasn't even right or left. It was whatever they wanted. So yeah. whatever they said was the truth was the truth. And if you stood up and informed your colleagues that it wasn't, then they would lower your grade, call you out, lower your friends' grades. Uh, I've seen some pretty... Uh, Escalation, I guess, is the best word to put it. So, yeah, if people want to start a charter school, realtors that have made money, do it. Start your own school, homeschool. Begin a movement that allows you to take the control that they've ripped away from you. Claim it back. And I, I actually like a lot of that, uh, what, uh, especially what you were saying, Alfie, what you were saying as well, you know, get out there and do it for yourself. Because this podcast is about entrepreneurship, real estate agents. If you're in business as a real estate agent, you're an entrepreneur, you're out there, you know that you have to make phone calls and you have to get up every day. Nobody's going to tell you when and what to do. And you usually find real estate agents that do that primarily because they don't want the corporate lifestyle. Um, in my case, I just kept seeing folks above me, they're the, the business that they were involved in that was supposed to, um, you know, work 30, 30, 40 years for your retirement. Um, and then you can go ahead and live your life. But up until then, trade all your time for money um, and be a part of the system. And eventually seeing a, a lot of folks get ill and, and sick and never even get to get to uh, Social Security, hoping that others, uh, relying on others and the system to take care of them. Um if you you're tired of that, you're an entrepreneur and you're a real estate agent, most likely, and feeding off of this. If you want, again, like you were saying, don't count on other people to do it for you. Get out, get involved, be a part of the community. Um, nobody's going to tell you to do that, but you you need to do that for yourself and not rely on somebody else. Because when they pulled the shades over our eyes again, like they just did. And you never know what country you're going to wake up to the next day. So you Amen. can't, can't yeah. become complacent. Yeah, I mean, we've all heard the term, if you're not part of the solution, then you're part of the problem. 
another one that is, um, you know, that sticks in my mind, and I, I don't know if it's a Jefferson quote, but it, uh, it's been, I, I learned it back before, you know, back in the Reagan years, and it's all, all that's uh, necessary for evil to take place is for good men and women to remain silent. And remaining silent means not getting involved, means not putting your money behind the candidates to, to get out there and do the right thing. And, and this, for sure, uh, is, this is a different time. I'm sure everyone can agree that here's this is a different time in our lives. It's a different energy than we've ever felt. And this is not the time to be complacent and remain silent and just let someone else do it for you or see what's going to happen. You have to get involved. You have to make a difference. And, and we can all pull, pull ourselves out of this and keep our American values in this great, you know, we are, as Ronald Reagan said, we're the, we're the uh, shiny city on the hill. And if, if we go down, it's, it's all over. This is the, this is the last stop. So um, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, <laughs> but man, we, we have to, we have to get out there. Last thing I you want to be are, are those people that said, ah, I should have done something. Should have done more. I played it all wrong. Should have done their lives. Because now I my real estate career is like the real estate career of New York real estate agents or Boston real estate agents. Ah, I should have done something about it, right? You know, yeah. And we talked about the truth. Um, you know, for me, it, it, it seems very, a lot of this stuff seems very simple. Um, and we talk about the truth, right? The truth never changes. So why do people have a problem with the truth? Yes, the truth hurts sometimes, but it's the truth that never changes. Why, why do people have to, you know, I don't want to say people are soft, but people, ah, eh, the truth is too much, so maybe we just come up with our own version. Like, well, they're in the happened? dark. It hurts your eyes when yeah. the light shines at you in the darkness. You've been in the dark for so long. It's painful. It's yeah. so painful that you'll do anything to avoid it, and other people are there with open arms willing to spin you a tale of it's all going to be fine. We'll take good care of you. No, don't worry about that. And then talking out of the other side of their mouth to make you scared enough to do what they want you to do. Yeah. So be independent. That's what we're, I think that's the theme uh, of this. Well, th that's the amazing thing, what they've done with our culture, is they've amount, uh, allowed us to take the culture and and fill the culture with lies, total lies that we know. And like you said, a truth is always going to be a truth, right? And they build our culture with lies. I'll give you one example. Um, ask any of these people, like, how many how many genders are there? Is just oh, gosh. Tell me, is there, I don't know, 10, 15, 20? Or is there two? Like, the truth is there's two. Now, we can make believe that there's all the different things you want. Now, I know that people are afraid to sometimes come out and say, oh, there's only two genders because you're going to catch hell. Like, uh, even in, in our mm -hmm. schools. In, in Naples, Florida, my daughter is head of Turning Point USA, which is with Charlie Kirk Conservative Group. And she said that a lot of students are conservatives, but they're afraid to get on Turning Point because they'll, they'll, they'll catch hell from the other students. In Naples. Like, if it's that way in Naples, it's a, it can only be worse everywhere else in the world because this is the most conservative place maybe that, that you could, could imagine. And they're afraid here of, of, the, of the, the, what they might take. So it's, a, it's about people not being able to even tell the truth when they know it. And that's what, we're all, that's what we're all seeing right now is people that know the truth. They can see the truth. They know exactly what's going on, but they can't even go out and say it. And that's, that's a different – that's why I'm saying we're in a different America than we've ever lived in before. We've seen – other countries go through this in Venezuela and we've seen it happen in Russia and, and Korea and, and, you know, throughout all different places that where communism is taking place, but we've never, never could imagine it happen here. And, uh, and in Venezuela, that was our mistake. Yeah, it was it Venezuela. Was. They use the same voting machines that was used here for the last election. Hmm. I had people from together. Venezuela <laughs> telling me that an election aside, just the tempo of where we're headed. They're like, we've seen this before. I said, where from where are we from Venezuela? That's not something very encouraging that you want to hear. Yeah. But again, I think people need to feel the pain to act. And uh, we had a whistleblower from Pinterest named Eric Cochran, and he said to us, I could live the, with the comforts of life. I could do what everyone else does and lose myself in whatever it is that makes me feel better. But one day I'm going to fall to ashes. And what is the balance sheet going to read? And that's, that's deep to me. I yeah, think that's absolutely. something everyone, I don't care if you're a realtor, I don't care if you're a journalist or whatever. You, at the end of the day, you're going to have to live with yourself. It, it's, there's nothing more true, and I was blessed. The reason that I've been able to take this stance, um, people that have been around Naples here for a while might have known my father. My father was maybe the biggest inspiration in my life. He died eight years ago on Super Bowl Sunday. He actually died with zero net worth. He died with, he didn't need a single death certificate. He didn't have a house, a car, a credit card, life insurance policy, none of the things that you would need a, a death certificate for. But he was one of the happiest men that I ever met. He had amazing integrity. He loved so many people. He had 1,500 people show up to his funeral. Awesome. And he, 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 he basically, that, that was the, my life's last lesson that drove into me that everything that's important in this life can, can never actually be held in your hand. It's, it's the things like love and integrity and faith. And, 
And those were the things that really when that matter to a person. And yes. he died with all those. And, and, and it occurred to me even a few years later when I was doing a, a, a Freedom Fest where someone came up to me and said, oh, you live the American dream. I have actually, from the time I was 15 years old, I always had a lot more money than my dad. I had a knack for making money. But they said, I lived the American dream. And what occurred to me that day is my father, who died broke and really never made any money. One year in my whole life, he had like extra money left over for the summer. He didn't even know what to do with himself. <laughs> but but he lived the American dream because every single day he woke up like he, he was ahead of the organic thing before it was cool. So he was always kind of fighting against something that wasn't there yet. But he lived the American dream because every day he couldn't wake up. He got up at five o'clock in the morning. He couldn't wait to get to work and do and, and try to make his dream come real, even though he was such a poor businessman and gave so much stuff away that he never got there. But his life was full of, of zeal and, and, and everything that makes your life worthwhile. Where when the socialism comes in, when this, when this, you know, new world order that they're trying to do takes that away where you don't even have the dream of attempting to attain it. That's what's missing. It actually squelches your spirit. It takes your spirit away. And we see the people in these socialist countries that certainly aren't maybe any better off monetary-wise than my father was, but they don't live the life that he does because they don't have the opportunity or the chance. And that's what we're given. We're given the opportunity to succeed. There's a big difference between, between you know, providing for us all equal outcomes versus equal opportunity. And everyone in the United States that I grew up in had equal opportunity, not, not an equal outcome. Absolutely. I agree. That's true. Well, Alfie, thank you so much um, for sponsoring this event and uh, being a part of it. And I know we, we praise Governor uh, Ronda Santos, and we still do. But in the community itself, you're a hero. You've you've been standing up and you've been speaking out, and you've you've definitely uh, put yourself out there and in, in front of some dangerous situations. And we greatly appreciate that fighting for us here in Collier County in Southwest Florida and for our rights as Americans. Um, and again, don't leave all that pressure on Alfie. Get out yeah. there and walk do the some, walk. Do some stuff on your your own and uh nick thank you so much for joining us too with project veritas and a forty thousand forty thousand uh mile view real quick for some of the realtors that don't know what project veritas sure. is um just give me give us a quick explanation and how we can get involved well we're a group of undercover journalists that believe in truth veritas means truth and uh, get involved in uh, the best two ways is go to projectveritas.com we have a tab that you can donate and or get involved uh, as an undercover journalist an investigative journalist and you can also follow james o'keefe on telegram now that twitter has seen fit to ban him from their platform we found uh, another platform that's willing to host us telegram so please look james o'keefe up there and, and uh, we'll have a lot more to come it's and not going to stop. That's a violation yeah. of our First Amendment, by the way, by taking them off We're taking them to court. So, yeah, you'll, you'll see us. If they don't know us on this podcast, they'll know us in a few months. When yeah, yeah, take, hey, uh, hey, please, if you're listening to this, get out and watch what Project Bear Toss is doing. Look, at, look, you know, Google James O'Keefe. Look at the amazing work he's doing. He is exposing all of the lies. So he's, he is shining the light of truth on these people that we need. It has to happen. So when you think about... Obviously, there's there's three things we get behind candidates that can make things happen. The right candidates, and you got to make sure you can't go off of whoever sends you the the fanciest mail or or whatever who has the most commercials because that's yes. usually the wrong person. I can tell you from experience. But but if you get you know find the right candidates that you vet and make sure they're the right ones. But then get behind people that are exposing the truth, like Project Veritas. Uh, I think that Mike Lindell has has a, a legal um, legal fund uh, that that's really that's trying to expose all this election fraud. Like th people that are taking the spears. You don't hear Mike Lindell because he's taking the spears. Project Veritas is getting getting canceled on everything the that they do. The from, from, from the, 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 these are the people that are the tip of the spear, and those are the people that you got to put your money behind. And I hope that everybody uh, everybody gets something out of this and really really gets behind the right people. We watch the watchers, and we need your help. Absolutely. Take action, people. Thank you. Thank you guys both for stopping by. Thank you for having us. Take care. Thank you.